Welcome back. It is time to get the ball rolling. Sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. Hey guys, this is Tyler. We're back here today uh, getting ready for the nice weekend ahead of us. Anyway, t- today we have an awesome show. Uh, for those of you today, I if you are following the podcast, go check out the previous episode, last episode I just published. Uh, we have the Towson uh, football program on. We talked. I talked to Sco- Coach Scott Van Zyl. Uh, anyway, it's published now. Go out, check it out. A lot of fun. Today is another great show. We are going to be talking with uh, the offensive coordinator at Montana State University. Montana State has a lot of hype this year. I am extremely excited to have him on. Uh, Athlon Sports, Hero Sports, uh, the teams that come out with with the rankings are really high on them. Really excited to have him on. Uh, He's a super young guy uh, for you Boise State fans. I'm sure you're used to hearing his name or haven't heard his name for for just a little bit, but Coach uh, Matt Miller, he will be on the show with us today. And we're going to have... A super good time and hopefully talk about this upcoming season. Uh, I just want to go over a little bit again this podcast series for those of you that are new or have never heard it. The whole point of this podcast series is to help the the football programs uh, get get good relationships with the fans, right? We want to hear what's going on inside of their heads. We want to know what's going on. Uh, for example, Montana State is really hyped this year. Uh, they have a really good football team this year. They have a lot of returners. I believe it's 18 returners on offense and defense, and there's only 22 people on the field. We're not going to count special teams. Uh, between offense and defense, 18 returners, so we know that they're going to be good. A lot of veteran uh, talent on this team, but a lot of overall talent as well. And so I want to I, – if I – if I'm doing the interview, which I mean I am, I want to know how can you live up to those expectations? How how can you how are you going to be able to manage that? Uh, Montana State has a super uh, fun schedule this year, and I think it's really going to be interesting to see what ends up happening uh, towards the end of the season. Last year, uh, we know that they we, they play in the Big Sky, and we know uh, for those of you that have followed it, the Big Sky is a f- super fun conference to follow. Uh, in my opinion, the CAA and the Big Sky are the best conferences, deepest conferences in FCS. Now, that's not a knock on any other conferences, just in the past. Uh, the Big Sky has 13 football teams. It's the biggest uh, FCS conference, and... You can you can tell that they definitely they have to bring it because I mean they don't play everybody in their conference year in and year out. They only play normally a normal schedule for the FCS opponents is eleven games, right? Uh, they'll play uh, sometimes they'll play like an FBS team. They'll play two or three non-conference games depending on the conference, and then they get into conference play. So they really are only playing, you know, seven, probably seven conference games, maybe eight, nine if you're stretching it, I believe is the highest that I've seen. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, It's a lot of fun to go through and predict the games, right? I like to do that. First of every year, let's see. Well, when you're when you're talking about depth, I think that these two conferences come to mind, and that's one of the reasons why I've started to do these things and reach out to these programs is to be able to talk about depth. Depth is so important on a football team, but also 
it is also really hard to get into the playoffs, right? We look at it, the big sky this last year, we're going to talk about depth just a little bit. Uh, just rolling with it. Depth, right? Eastern Washington. Super good football team. They end up going to the FCS National Championship. They lose to North Dakota, North Dakota State, but they still make it to the to the FCS National Championship. That's pretty intense. That's that's really good. I mean, good on good on them playing on the red turf, right? UC Davis, but I believe got to the quarterfinals last year. Again, I can I can always fact check, but they go deep. Weaver State quarterfinals last year. Montana State, they get to the second round. So you look at it, and then you know. You have Idaho State, which had the same conference record. They don't get into the playoffs, this Idaho State team. So you're four. You got to be at least, at least in the top four to be able to even be considered to go to the FCS uh, playoffs. Uh, Idaho State obviously got subbed, and Montana State got in, and we can see that Montana State deserved to get in. They ended up winning. The, in in the first round, and that is something that is not easy to do. Uh, I I loved when the FCS. Uh, expanded the playoff. I thought that it brought a lot of a lot more fun because I think that you know you get in these deep conferences and you don't want to just see one or two teams go. Uh, especially when I mean I live here in Southern Utah, so I'm around SUU. Grew up in Ogden, uh, around Weaver State. You you know if SUU or Weaver State if they took third, I'm hoping that they get in. So I'm glad that they expanded it. I'm glad that they we have a wider array of teams getting in. But it also makes it really hard, especially for a team, you know, that may be lower in the big sky. But this Montana State team this last year, they did it. They got in, and not only did they get in, they ended up winning uh, their their second round or their first round matchup. They they beat Incarnate Word, thirty five to fourteen. That is a super good, you know, that's a really good score. Be able to kind of put them out. And then they ended up losing to the national champions, North Dakota State. They had to go uh, to North Dakota, and they ended up losing. But that is that. Nonetheless, they are a super talented team. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about them this next this, over the next couple minutes. The depth here at Montana State is super important. Again, that's kind of the theme of this this podcast is the depth, right? The depth of the Big Sky, the depth of Montana State. These guys are extremely talented, and they are going to do a lot of fun things this year. So we'll go into it. We'll be talking a little bit about their history, uh, their head coach. Uh, Hopefully we talk a little bit about the rivalry. Uh, This is the first time that I've been able to interview somebody really about a big rival, and uh, like Montana, Montana State. So we'll hopefully talk a little bit about that. Anyway, stay tuned. It's coming up. Lots of fun. Montana State, Coach Matt Miller, soon to be on with us. Stay tuned. All right, so I want to start off with this. And it might be a little bit different than what you guys have been listening to or have heard from me. But I want to go over mascots, right? We know I usually talk about the team, Montana, Montana State, SUU, UC Davis. I haven't really gotten into their mascot. And in my opinion... The mascots have to reflect. I really like when the mascots reflect uh, where they're at, right? It might be the part of the country that they're at, uh, maybe the the history, the animals that are found there. And I 
and I think, in my opinion, now you guys can comment on this, uh, send me messages later, maybe I'm a little bit wild on this, but I think that Montana, the state of Montana, have the two best mascots that reflect their state. I want to say this, the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. I have been to Montana only a few times. I've been through there. Really pretty, really pretty, right? They call it the Big Sky, right? The Big Sky State. It, and, and it's even called the Big Sky Conference. So, you know, it, it helps. But you think about it. They're no, they, I mean, it's a generic name, Bobcats and Grizzlies, right? But it also reflects it. There are a ton of Bobcats up there. And they're like, I, I Googled it. I Googled Bobcat and a bunch of cute little, like, you know, they just look like big cats. I guess that's what they are. But just big, cute little Bobcats come up. I think it reflects it super well. And the Grizzly Bears, super well. So I just wanted to start off with that. I know it's a little bit different than, than what I've talked about. But I think that a team. Uh, a university should reflect where they're at, right? I'm not a huge fan of just a generic name. Uh, I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to offend any fans out there that might be like, "Oh no, that's a that's a great name." But I love it when when you can when you can listen and you can look at it and you're like, "Oh, that's a sweet name that reflects it." Uh, so anyway. Really think it's cool. The Montana State Bobcats. Uh, not many people know this, but they have actually won three national championships, right? Now, only one has been at the FCS uh, level, and that was back in 1984. Uh, they they ended up beating Louisiana Tech. Uh, there was only 12 teams in the playoffs at that time, but they actually went on to beat La Tech uh, 19-6. They won the national championship. Super awesome, right? So I think that's that they were able to win it. So you have a national championship under your belt. That's really cool. Uh, they've actually had a lot of success. Um, they went through a little bit of a, a, a tough patch, but uh, a couple years ago, it looks like. I'm just looking up. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. So they went to, in 2002. So from 1984 to 2002, they didn't go to the playoffs. So that was kind of the rough patch that I'm talking about. They win the national championship. They don't go for a while. So in 2002, they start back up. 2003, 2006, 2010, 11, 12, 14, and 18. And this year, they are they are expected and are, co- like, I would say co-favorites to win the Big Sky Conference, right? We have had UC Davis on the show. Uh, we we're hoping to get Weaver State on the show, Eastern Washington on the show, and we have Montana State on the show. And all of these guys are favorites to win the Big Sky Conference. I know we had we had a three-way tie last year uh, where Weaver State, UC Davis, and Eastern Washington all went 7-1. and one. Uh, But we'll see what it's like this year. I think Montana State has a lot of depth, like I said, a lot of depth, a lot of talent, and... They're going to they're going to be bringing back one of uh, who Athlon Sports uh, said is a first team All American, and that is the athlete Troy Anderson. Now this guy, I mean, I was looking up his stats, and this guy is he's a monster. I I mean, it is insane. He had a hunt one thousand. 412 rushing yards last year, 1,195 passing yards, and had 24 total touchdowns. That is in some, some insane numbers. That is a lot of total offense. Not only doing it in the air, throwing it, and we know that in the air raid system recently in college football, it's all about throw, 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 but 
This guy also put down a really impressive running year, which is really interesting. And then, but not only did they, he have a lot of success running, Isaiah Ifanse actually had another 1,000. So they had two 1,000-yard rushers, which you don't really get that a lot. I mean, you might think, well, there's got, there's been programs that have had two really good uh, running backs. What comes to mind is Georgia with Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. But this this team... They are they are stacked offensively. The run game, uh, really interesting to see that they have two one thousand plus yard rushers, and that that they're both coming back. It's going to be really interesting to see this next year. Uh, so we're going to go a little bit in depth with the schedule. Uh, we'll have the coach come on. I'll wrap up my thoughts on the season. Uh, talk about where they're ranked in Hero Sports and Athlon Sports. Where they're ranked at right now, where I think they might get ranked. I think that they, I mean, just to give you a little bit of a preview, I think they're perfect, uh, the rankings that they have. Um, so we're going to go, this team will go on the road to start off the season at Texas Tech, which is going to be interesting, uh, I would say, because it's, it's interesting for Montana State and Texas Tech. Montana State has a lot of talent, a lot of hype. And we know that these FCS teams can, and they do go into big FBS programs, and they win. So they're going to go into Lubbock. Lubbock is a first-year coach, uh, and I think you can put them on upset watch, the Red Raiders. Uh, just because you know Cliff Kingsbury ends up leaving, goes to the Arizona Cardinals, kind of, I don't really know. They didn't go to a bowl game last year kind of just a big question mark for me and I think for a lot of sports writers this Texas Tech team is is really an interesting case but they go five and seven last year I think you can put them on upset watch that this team comes out it depends on I guess overall how how they feel that the offense is is coming on I think that the hardest thing is the first week of offense get used to it and get back into it get used to the hitting I think defenses usually have you usually have a pretty good defensive showing uh and they usually play well because defense it doesn't it doesn't really change you you can watch film all offseason on a team just to prepare right I guarantee you they're watching tape on Texas Tech so these defensive guys are like okay well I know what they're going to do I mean, you know, with a first-year coach, you might switch things up, but relatively, it's going to be the same. A lot of the athletes are the same. So, uh, but with offense, you got to get that. You got to get the the center and the quarterback snap. You got to get the routes right. You got to get everything has to line up perfectly for a good offense. That's going to be interesting. Uh, next, they have Southeastern Missouri State. Oh, sorry, Southeast Missouri State, and this team they actually went to the FCS playoffs last year as well. They lost to another Big Sky uh, foe. Weber State, uh, so they are obviously a pretty good program. They do play them home in Bozeman, which I think will will benefit um, Montana State. I think anytime you can get a, a decent, a well, we'll say above average team at home, you always are going to be having it, you know, to your favor. And I want to say this, and in, in, in my experience, is you're going to have, you're going to be able to go home. You're going to be able to sleep in your own bed. Uh, you know, usually your your roommates are your your teammates as well and so you're not going to have you're not going to be up super late and there's not going to be a lot of noise it's going to be really focused going into the game so I think it really helps that they're playing them and then they go on the road to western Illinois and they went five and six last year uh, they ended up they beat them uh, Montana State the coaching staff is one and oh against them uh, then they go and play North Folk State and then the slate of the big sky uh, they play NAU 
They go on the road to Cal Poly, play home against Sac State, uh, on the road against North Dakota, which is a really interesting team. I've reached out. Hopefully we can get them on. A lot of questions I have uh, about North Dakota. It's a really tough team to play, and they're actually, I think I have them on, on, on the Rise Up teams to watch. Uh, so they go at North Dakota, play home against SUU, at Northern Colorado, at UC Davis, and then they finish off the season against Montana. And I think that the Montana State, why I say their schedule is very favorable, is they do not play Weber State, and they don't play. I mean, you look at the top top to bottom last year in the Big Sky, not saying that this will reflect what it, what it will be this year, but Eastern Washington, UC Davis, Weber State, number one, right? They were all co-champions. They only play one of those guys, which is extremely a really good draw, right? Next up after that was Montana State. So then we know what's who we're talking about. Idaho State was the next team that actually tied with Montana State in conference play. Uh, so you're like, okay, Idaho State, they don't play Idaho State. So now we're getting towards the you know mid to bottom of the conference. Well, they play Montana, and we know that that's the next team. Montana is a rival, but this coaching staff has proven that they can beat the Montana Grizzlies, which is really, uh, I've heard, is a fun rivalry. want to get some insights on that. Uh and then they and then they play and then the then the next team after Montana is Cal Poly. Well, they play Cal Poly, and now we're getting into like let's see one two three four five six seventh in the in the conference. So now we're below uh, from last year. They do play NAU. They don't play Idaho. They don't play Portland State. And then they play the bottom three teams last year: Portland, uh, sorry, Northern Colorado, SUU, and Sacramento State. So I think this schedule lines up very well for them. Uh, despite having to play Texas Tech, uh, UC Davis, and Southeast Missouri, uh, Southeast Missouri State, yeah, Southeast Missouri State, I think this is a very favorable schedule for them, and it's going to be really fun to watch them this year. Uh, we're talking about a team that could even be top five at the end of the year when, when when it's all said and done. I think the matchup against UC Davis will give us a really big insight into how they will finish i think you know uh, preseason we're talking a lot about you know potential uh what went on last year and we're trying to predict what's going to be coming we can't predict injuries we can't predict weather we can't predict uh those kinds of things but i think that that game against uc davis will be a big telltale sign of what's what is to come and i want to say that because at the end of the season, your kids have gone, you know, they've been through the weeks, they're they're used to it, to the week-in, week-out routine of playing football, lifting, going to school, uh, and then, like I said, the injuries will have already happened, well, most of them uh, happen towards the middle of the season, so UC Davis is on the tail end, so they might be getting guys back, they might be, you know, guys might be coming, uh, they might be, be hurt, it's going to be interesting, and they do have to go on the road uh, to UC Davis, so... That will say a lot about what this Montana State team is capable of going forward into the playoffs. So anyway, we're going to be having Coach Matt Miller, for those of you uh, just tuning in, Coach Matt Miller will be on the podcast uh, coming up shortly. So stay tuned after this ad break, Coach Matt Miller of Montana State. Up next, Coach Matt Miller from Montana State University. All right, today on the show, we have Coach Matt Miller of the Montana State Bobcats. Coach, how are you doing today? Oh, not too good. Enjoy a rainy day in Bozeman. 
<laughs> nice, nice. All right, so for those of you who don't know, Coach Matt Miller is the offensive coordinator and the QB's coach at Montana State. Uh, he is an out. He was an outstanding wide receiver at Boise State. So I want to. I want to have a couple questions for you regarding that. To start off, what what took you to Boise State and ex- explain your experience there? Yeah, so what led me to Boise State was really just about the relationships I built with the coaching staff when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, just being able to be surrounded by Chris Peterson, Brian Harson, uh, our head coach Jeff Cho, uh, Peter Kukowski, and a, a former guy who coached at Montana State and a Boise State guy, Justin Wilcox, on head coach at Cal. A lot of guys I want to learn football from, and it helped me lead uh, me to my, my career now coaching football. And so that's one of the big decisions to go down to Boise. Another one was being a Montana guy growing up. You know, it was really easy for me to hop in my pickup truck and get home in you know, seven, seven and a half hours and still be able to spend time with my family back home. And so those are the two big factors for me, just learning football from that coaching staff and the proximity um, to hell in Montana. And then obviously the experience there was a life-changing experience. Got a lot of great friends, had a lot of great teammates who are still playing in the NFL, which is awesome seeing them have success on Sundays. Um, and I guess most importantly, I met my wife down there too. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity to be able to have a great gal in my corner every single day. Hey, there you go. It's always a, always a bonus when you can meet your wife there. So one more question about Boise State, and then we'll go. We'll dive more into Montana State. What was it like to play on the blue turf? It's one of the the most unique places in college football. What was it like? No, it's a it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, obviously, it's unique. It's, um, you know that that blue turf on the TV. It looks really really bright, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still a, a football field that's 120 yards long, 53 and a third yard wide, and there, there's still 22 guys on the field. Um, I think it's more so just um, gets in people's heads when they come into Broncos Stadium that that blue turf's got some sort of mystique to it. It really does, and it's just, uh, it's just something that we take a great deal of pride in, and being those blue-collar guys down there, and obviously those blue uniforms on the blue turf, um, it's just pretty cool. I know it's hard to get to see you there when you're watching on TV or on film. Yeah, no, for sure. I've been I I watched Boise State, and when I saw your name, I was like, "Hey, I got to interview him." I've been I've been following Boise State for a long time. Um, I've been up to Boise, so I know what you're talking about with the blue turf and everything. It's pretty pretty unique, and uh, the blue uni's up there, pretty cool. All right, so you finished your career at Boise State. You played for a little while in the NFL, and then what made you decide to go to Montana State or to go to Bozeman and start coaching? Yeah, so actually, it was an interesting time in my life, honestly. You know, after I got cut in Denver, um, I didn't really want to have no part of football. Um, I came back to Montana, uh, had, a, had a surgery, and then I ended up working on a ranch in Pryor, Montana, which is a small little town outside Billings. And after a couple of weeks kind of doing some soul searching out there, I started missing the game with the ball a whole bunch. And that's when a, a guy named Brian Harson, the head coach of Boise State, and a guy that I played for there, gave me a call we were actually building some corral pipe for this place I worked at and that's why I wanted to come down and GA for him and so I'm very forever grateful for that opportunity that, that Coach Harson gave me to get back into coaching and get back down to Boise which is a, a city I love dearly and then you know a short six months later another guy that was part of that staff that recruited me when I was 17 years old with Jeff Cho getting hired at Montana State gave me an opportunity to come back home be closer to my family and, and obviously start off my coaching career coaching wide receivers here yeah, for sure. And and Coach Brian Harson, he used to coach at Arkansas State. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have the right guy then. Okay. 
Awesome. Well, that is good that you were able to get back into football, and now you are uh, the offensive coordinator at Montana State. So I was I I'm, I've watched Montana State this last year, and getting ready for this year. There's a lot of hype around your guys's program, and uh, you guys are returning. 18 or so returning starters. How do you guys as a coaching staff prepare your kids for the high expectations that, that the media has for you and that you guys have for yourselves? Yeah, a lot of that's just the culture we've got built here. Um, and it's been a long process in that culture we wanted to get to. But honestly, we don't pay a lot to the outside noise. Um, we just try to control the controllables, and, and that's bringing great effort and great energy every single day, whether it's to your math class, you know, your 6 a.m. weights, to a training session, whatever it might be. We just want guys with great energy and great passion for what they're doing. And now being going into our fourth year, I think we have um, a great crop of guys who are great leaders that can help uh, facilitate that with our younger guys. And so it's fun for us as coaches now because we can kind of take a step back and more just watch those older guys take control of the team and then they take it the direction they want to. And I'm dang proud of those guys because it's a lot of fun to be their coach. For sure, for sure. Uh, that yeah, I was that. I think that's really important to to keep that. Uh, I'm a student athlete myself, and to keep that perspective to to be able to you know be able to get to your your math class at 8 a.m. or get to weights at 6 a.m. We we I'm a, I'm a runner, so I know I know what it's like you know keeping your your mentality, not letting the the distractions of the outside you know media get to you guys. Uh, another question I have: So you have an athlete. I don't even know if he's if he's what 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 he really is. Troy Anderson is an amazing talent. What are your hopes to utilize him in this in your offense this upcoming season? Yeah, first and foremost, you know, we be talking about you know five star people, and Troy Anderson's one of those guys that is the poster boy for what you want you know your son to be like. You know, he's a dang near four student in college. Um, he was a valedictorian in high school. Um, no off field issue. I mean, he's a guy. If I had a daughter the same age, I'd make sure they try to arrange a marriage. I mean, he's just that type of guy. Um, <laughs> and obviously, he's a heck of a football player. But like I said, most importantly, he's just a he's a five star person, and we're very fortunate to have him part of the program and to be in that leadership role. Um, in terms of football wise, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to classify what Troy is, but you know, and it is just kind of an athlete for us, and he'll always have a part of our offense, and, and he's got to be a guy that we get the ball to 10, 15 times a game and let him um, have an impact every Saturday. You see that special every time he has the ball in his hands, you know, he could go 80 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, for sure. He he definitely, I mean, he brought he brought the heat last year, had a thousand, over 1,000 yards rushing, over 1,000 yards passing. Uh, he also had another Isaiah Ifonse. He also had 1,000 yards. So you guys definitely, you know, have a lot of offense going for you, and uh, really excited to to see where that goes this this upcoming season. So you guys have been able to beat uh, Montana last three years. Your your in state rival. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what the rivalry is like and what it uh, for people. I mean, I'm from Utah. I've never been a part of that rivalry. Uh, I plan on going up to Bozeman this this coming season. What is it? What what is the rivalry like for you guys? Yeah, it's obviously it's a big deal for the state of Montana. Um, it's just an awesome experience for, for us as coach and then our, for, our, for our players. Um, obviously, for both sides, have a lot of Montana blood in both organizations, both programs. You know, that game means a little bit more um, for those guys. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to classify and put into words. Um, probably the best way I can say is both my mom, my sister-in-law, and my little sister graduated from the University of Montana, and they don't talk to me that week. So that's how much... <laughs> 
that game means to them uh, that their own blood is working for the other school and they won't cheer for the Bobcats. And I'm all fine with that. I think it's an awesome rivalry game um, for the state. And it's Montana Super Bowl. And the town shut down and everybody's got eyes on that on that third weekend of November uh, with that Cat Grizz game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That sounds sounds like a lot of fun. I uh I, being a sports fan myself, I've been able to, I've been trying to go to, to rivalries. I've been a part of the, the Utah BYU rivalry and, and a few other, I've been to a few other rivalry games, but I know that Montana, I've heard a lot of uh, Montana, Montana state being a pretty big rivalry, especially, you know, YouTube being the biggest, you know, the biggest programs in Montana. Uh, I guess lastly uh, for you coach, are there any rising stars that came out of spring camp that you feel that, you know, Bobcat Nation and media fans, who should be we looking for that will be making an impact that, that we may not know already? Yeah, you know, it's uh, I think we got a lot of guys. It's a great problem to have for us as an offensive staff. And so we got to make sure we get guys touches that need to get the touches. But, um, you know, a few, a few guys' names that will continue to pop up is obviously Troy, Isaiah, Fonte, Travis Johnson. I think he's going to have a heck of a senior season for us. Um, Kevin Cass is the same thing in the receiver room. I think he's just kind of a Swiss Army knife where he can do so many different things for you. Uh, Willie Patterson and Lance McCutcheon in that same room. Um, we got stable running backs with uh, Logan Jones, Calisville, Montana native that can do a lot of different things for you. Uh, but the one name that I think people should probably pay more attention to is Lane Sumner. And then there's a couple tight ends that I'm not going to say names quite yet, but we got a, a young group of tight ends who are very talented. And they're starting to get it figured out, and I think they're going to have a breakout season as well for us. Awesome, awesome. Well, I I, I will put those names down, and for everybody at uh in Bobcat Nation up there in Bozeman, write those names down, and uh, we'll be looking for you this upcoming season, and hopefully see you in in the in the playoffs this upcoming season as well, Coach. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Yep, thank you so much. And that was Coach Matt Miller from Montana State University. I really enjoyed uh, having him on. I guess I enjoy everything. Everything's cool. Everything's awesome. Just like Emmett off the Lego movie, right? Everything's awesome. But that was a really interesting thing. And I kind of want to go over what I feel like uh, I took out of it. And one of the things, you know, I, I asked was about this upcoming season in the media. And I think it is really important for a team. Uh, we, we in the media and sports writers everywhere, we want to get, you know, we, we predict these things. We try to, try to not influence, but we want, I'm trying to find the right word to describe. We, I guess we're just the predicting. We want to predict. We want to know. We want to say, hey, you know what? You know, this week, this person's going to be this person, but at the end of the day, the you know at the end of the day, uh, every single Saturday, it, the the playing field's equal, right? They still you still have forty eight minutes of football. You still had a snap on your chin strap, put on your helmet, snap on your chin strap, loosen, uh, loosen, tighten any things up. You gotta get loosen as in like stretching. Um, and that's just what you have to do. And I think that is really interesting. We in the media, you know, uh, with Montana State, they're, by Athlon Sports, they were predicted eighth in the nation preseason top uh, 10. And then Hero Sports has them 14th overall. So this is obviously a talented team and people are talking about them. But it's interesting when he said, you know, I, we don't listen to that. You know, what we're focused on is what something that was really interesting is they said, you know, get into your math class, get into class. I think that was really important as a student athlete and coaches help 
the student athletes succeed, right? Well, the the reason, yeah, we're, they're football players. Uh, they're aspiring to hopefully be, be professionals. But also you have a career afterwards. You know, you football and sports eventually ends, and then you have to figure out what you're going to do afterwards. And and that's where your degree comes in. I thought that was really interesting. Or you know, even getting to to six a.m. weights. I know, and you know, Coach Decker uh, from my from my school, my cross country coach, can attest that it's really hard to get people there. So it is really important to maintain that mentality. He talked about. Uh, Montana, Montana State, right? The rivalry, not, you know, families not talking to each other big time, Montana Super Bowl. And I think that is the epitome of sports right there. One, one of the, one of the first things that I think about, right? Is when you can, when you can go into a game and just be that invested in it, right? Montana Super Bowl is what he called it. Well, they don't have anything else in Montana. They don't have a professional basketball team. They don't have a professional football team. They don't have a. They that is is what it is. Is Montana, Montana State, and a lot of the people in Montana went to the University of Montana. They went to Montana State, so it really is an entire state stopping and watching it. I'm hoping uh, that I. Actually Actually, get up there. Uh, it depends on my schedule, obviously, but I would love to go up to Bozeman and watch that game, especially this year with Montana. You know, kind of you know rebounding from last year. Montana State being as hyped as what they are this year, I think it'd be a great scene. And I think any of you guys listening, if you have the means to be able to get up there, you know, he said third weekend in November, uh, get up there and and see Montana, Montana State. I think it'd be a great. All right, to close out the show, I just want to, again, thank everyone that is a part of this podcast. Thank my fans. Thank my family for doing this. Uh, A lot of things are going to be coming up, right? Uh, Like I said, if you have the opportunity to get up to Montana, Montana State, uh, do so. Be watching for Montana State as they take on their foes this year. Be really exciting to see where everything happens, where the chips fall this next season. Uh, obviously, Texas Tech first up. You want to be watching that. Uh, I think you could even put that up on an upset alert for FBS, FCS rivalry and stuff. So, again, a lot of fun things coming to get the ball rolling. We're going to be having Rhode Island come on uh, in I believe it will be on Monday, uh, and then I'll have the podcast out for you guys shortly afterwards. Uh, we will also be having Montana come on. Uh, like I said, I wanted to kind of get into the Montana-Montana State rivalry today, see what Montana State thinks, especially they're 3-0 and right now. Uh, the coaching staff is 3-0. and see, We'll see what how Montana responds. Let's see how, how if they're ready to, to do it this year, get over the hump, had a kind of a rough year this last year. So it'll be interesting to talk to Montana as well. Uh, a little bit in the works, we're going to be working with Idaho State, uh, within the next probably two or three weeks. Uh, also, we'll be working with Albany. They'll be coming on. And overall, we're having a great time. Oh, and Maine. I'm not going to forget about Maine. Uh, Maine will also be on. So I've been able to get be able to land a few of the, the top uh, FCS programs. We're going to be doing a couple more FBS segments where uh, I have a couple thoughts on it. Uh, we're going to dive into the Pac-12, probably dive into each individual conference. Uh, but where I live out here in the West, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Pac-12. Um, 
like I said, a lot of preseason rankings came out. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to be expected of of football. You know, we are I wouldn't say days. We're we're a long time. I was telling my wife yesterday, she was saying like, "Oh man, like I can't believe summer's going by so fast." And I'm like, "I know." And then we flipped on the NBA finals, we're watching that, and she's like, "Do do, do sports ever end?" And I was like, "Meg, yeah, the sports end and well they never end but summer's the dog days of summer for me you know i'm not a huge baseball fan so a lot of it's the the hype Uh, obviously we have a little bit of the nba but uh the hype for college football the hype for the nfl uh anyway so get ready for for it well there's gonna be a lot a lot of fun segments coming up a lot of teams to talk to i mean there are so many teams out there there's so many fans i want to be able to to provide those podcasts for you guys and for, you know, get you guys excited for the upcoming season. Uh, and when the season hits, we'll be talking a little bit, you know, week in, week out. We'll be talking about FBS. We'll probably have an FBF show and then an FCS show. Uh, talking about the big games that happened that week. I'll have uh, who I think who I think w- will win, obviously, you know, a preview week. And then we'll talk about, you know, upcoming games, big games to keep your eye on for to mark on your calendars anyway so thank you guys again i'm on apple spotify google podcast uh subscribe leave a comment and uh, tell your family and friends about it uh, until next time keep the ball rolling and stay tuned for more fun upcoming <laughs>